This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes, with your host, David the Smart Mark, and stunning Sean Burkhead. The liberation starts now. Good money, everybody. How are you doing? It's the Stunny One alongside David the Smart Mark, and this is the 100th episode underneath the banner that is Radio Free Professional Wrestling. David, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I've just come back from vacation um, on the Lincolnshire Seaside, for those that are not in the UK. It's fair to say, having been battered by Hurricane or Storm Dudley, Eunice, and now Storm Franklin, thanks USA, we, it's blustery here, but yeah, we're, we're good. We're ready. Back to the grind tomorrow. But yeah, um, it's been been a very very interesting week in the realms of professional wrestling and also um and i'm sure we've got it to discuss you took on two opponents in the churchill cup and it's fair to say you had mixed mixed fortunes sure okay fine fine whatever you are the current reign defending undisputed churchill cup champion yes you are david now there's some controversy <laughs> here from team canada apparently he didn't understand the rules of the game I mean, I thought a tie would basically be back to the champion. We have always played that way. Yes, we have. Yeah, yeah. the reigning champion wins. However, I think what he's disputing is, was it a tie? Yes, it was a tie. It's with him 6-6. So technically, that's a tie. Well, yeah, obviously, if it was 6 all, But I think that's Randy's point. Randy, good, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Wherever you are, young man, I hope you're well. Thank you for standing in last week. Sterling job. I always appreciate it. We're here for you when you need. He's messaged me, and he has questioned your integrity, Mr. Stunning One. I haven't got a problem. Let me let me clear this perfectly up for our listeners. If it has ended six all, if it has ended six all, you are or were at the time the reigning champion, so you beat Randy. Now I will concede that. Randy, if that is the case, if you're listening, Sean wins in that case. Now, I believe that possibly for future social media use, shall we say, I think we confirm that the stunning one did beat the dark side of Elite in the days to come. Well, since he's questioned this result, why don't he just invite me onto his podcast? Because coming up in March, AEW is having a revolution pay-per-view, and they cover AEW. So I'll allow him to set up the contest, and I will walk on his show and crush him like a grape. Randy, there you go, mate. There's, there's a chance for redemption or a chance for Sean to really kick you in the dark side of the Elite. Um, I'd, I'd be intrigued to watch that and um, and be neutral in that. Um, but obviously, it's not Ring of Honor, so Sean's got a very, very good chance. Of course, unless I don't do Ring of Honor, I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same with me with Impact. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a bit of a really interesting week this week. Um, even though I've been away, I'll be keeping as much track as possibly can, either through the phone or through through tablets and stuff. I'm looking forward to those six questions this week. I bet you've got some crackers. Well, before we get to the six questions, why don't I hit oh, you up with a little control center? Even better. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, David. First story coming out of Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley is reportedly 
having a shoulder injury and will be out four months. He will miss WrestleMania, and that's the reason behind the quick elimination, not elimination, of yeah. Bobby Lashley from that event yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a shame, really. Um, apparently, it's happened. It didn't happen. At, am I correct in saying it didn't happen at the event? It happened in the lead-up to the event? From what I've heard from like different sources, from like post-wrestling and Dave Meltzer, Apparently, it happened back earlier in January, and they literally have been letting Bobby Lashley not have any yeah. physical contact. He's just been basically doing promo after promo, hyping up this event of the Chamber. So now they get to the Chamber, they get the title off of him onto Brock, <laughs> so he can go have work done on his shoulder. We wish him a speedy recovery, because he's one of the best fans on Raw. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The WWE couldn't afford, really, to lose him for a two-night WrestleMania. So it is a shame. I mean, it, let's face it, it is a shame. But obviously, it's, it's how comes first, which is not always something the WWE have a great record with. Well, my second story is a little bit more better news. Johnny Gagaro and Candice Ray have celebrated the arrival of their son, and if this podcast lasts us to 2040, maybe we'll get to see Johnny Wrestling Jr. become your favorite wrestler. <laughs> well, there's no truth in the rumor that even though um, Gargano Jr. is about three or four days old as we record this, he's already got more in-ring personality than his father. We wish the happy couple all the best. We do. We do. We do. But it's still the truth. Okay, so my next story comes from AEW. Now, this has been a few weeks ago, but we're catching up since David is on vacation. Um, Nick Wayne, the 16-year-old wrestler that was supposed to yep. wrestle at GCW in New York, but yep. the state of New York has laws of legal age to be able to do a contract and wrestle. So, AEW has come out and gave him basically a provisional contract. He has to finish high school first, and once he turns 18, I do believe he'll become a full member of the AEW roster. Now, this guy is pretty talented, and I think it's a good move for AEW to sign him up, give him a chance to come there, maybe do some dark, maybe some elevation matches. Yeah, I, I think it's win-win all around. I've been uh, previously on this podcast, I've criticized Tony Khan. Booker of the year again, good old Meltzer. But in this case, I think he's shown his human side. And obviously this week, as I'm sure we're going to discuss at some point in this show, he showed he's got some cojones as well with with contract negotiations because there's, there's more and more of the dross leaving AEW and some of it bigger name dross than others. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's done a nice... This is win-win for Tony because if, if, if young Wayne turns out to be exactly as he's... Um, and he's got a, an endorsement from Darby Allen who's pulled, pulled for him and, and obviously spoken to Khan over this. You know, it's win-win. He's going to get a chance to develop, exactly as you said, probably start on darker elevation. You know, obviously their training, AEW's training methods, can't be that bad because look at Hook. You know, I mean, all right, he's got the genes for it from Taz, but Hook is a phenomenal talent and he's obviously, so their training classes are doing something right and Khan's obviously signed him to a deal that is more than fair and is more than taking into consideration his age and his future. And fair play to Tony for that. Okay, so my next story comes from Triple A because last night, yep. formerly known as John Morrison, debuted in Triple A as John Superstar. And 
finally he's back being able to wrestle in a promotion that's going to actually use him as a main event wrestler, unlike the former place of employment that he had. Yeah, I mean, he comes back to stuff that we already know about the WWE not using talent. Yeah, Morrison's still got a lot to offer, or, you know, whatever his name is, Johnny Superstar, Johnny Impact, Johnny this, that, the other. You know, Morrison's... Morrison's a good hand. You know, he's still capable of pulling off moves. He still looks good. His promo skills are not the best. But for Triple A, he's a big name. Um, and, you know, fair play to him for using it. And I don't blame him for putting the title on him. Okay, so my final story. We're going back to AEW and we're con- talking contracts, but we're not talking that contract because reportedly <laughs> Jim Ross' contract is coming up later in this year and he wants to stay with AEW. And we're going to have a question inside of the 76 questions. What should be Jim Ross' role with AEW? Oh, that's a good point. So with that being said, David, let's go to the 76 questions. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, David, the biggest news story of the week happened back on Tuesday as one Cody and Brandy Rose has apparently left AEW. David, what is the future <laughs> for Cody and Brandy? Well, I, I don't think... Well, Cody, I think, is the WWE. Um, and even more so now with losing Lashley with WrestleMania season coming up. I think the big thing is here, Sean, with with if Cody does go to the WWE, we'll go into the reasons why in a minute, is how they utilise him. Because this is a big opportunity. It's the first time it's happened the other way around. You know, and whether I like it or not, He's a big name, and he's all right in the ring. Um, he's certainly better than a lot of the WWE talent in the ring. The issues with Cody are not wrestling-orientated, so it depends on how he utilizes it. Now, whether Brandy, I don't think from what I've read and from what I've been, the digging I've been doing, I'm sure you, you've been the same, I don't think Brandy's going with him in, initially, which, considering she's just had a baby, is probably not a bad thing. Now, I... Moving on to the reasons why, I don't know whether that's a separate question, but obviously there are varying reports that his negotiations with Tony fell through because of money, creative clauses, etc., etc., and they couldn't come to an agreement. So Tony, fair play to him, let him go. And I, I admire Tony Khan for that. I don't believe for one minute about the backstage. I don't think that they they, they will be best mates, but I also don't believe for one minute all the heat that's allegedly going around and everybody hates Brandy backstage. Everybody, um, you know, Cody and Brandy are transparent for what they are. They are media hungry people. Um, that's the polite version because I know you don't like me to swear. They are media hungry people. And obviously they've utilised AEW accordingly. It's very interesting to see in the same week it was announced that there will not be a renewal of Roads to the Top. But I don't think that's down to AEW. I think it's just down to a fact it was an awful program. Irrelevant of who you had in there, it was an awful program. Sorry, I've rattled on. Go on, mate. No, you're fine, David. Now, originally, they had commissioned a second season to Road to the Top. But since Cody's not there anymore with AEW, I probably missed where they decided not to do it. It makes sense not to do it now because the guy's going to be with the competitor. And you don't want him on your TV station if he's on the other show. Now, Kenny Omega did an interview with Wrestling Observer, um, Dave Meltzer. And I kind of believe um, Kenny Omega's version of the story. It seems like they came together to form AEW. Everybody had their own vision what AEW was. And as time has gone on, it seems like 
Tony's vision since Tony and his family owns 100% of the stock in AEW. We found out out this week. Yep. So his vision is going to be the vision because he's the money behind the muscle here. So I think Cody and Tony just couldn't agree on the vision. And they couldn't agree on a price tag for Cody to stay since CM Punk apparently is the most highly paid wrestler in AEW. And Cody wanted something near that level to keep him with AEW. So I put up a poll earlier in the week before we knew all the WWE factors involved in this situation. And a lot of people said we were thinking he was going to go to Hollywood or this was a work, and he was going to come back to AEW at some point. You see, my first impression was I thought it, instantly I went work. Instantly I went, that's a work, that's complete rubbish. But obviously it seems it's a little bit more than that. Now, one figure I'd heard and read was, and this, this rings true with what you said about Punk being the highest paid performer, and rightly so. I'm sorry, you know, disagree with me if you want, but Punk and Danielson should be the highest two paid individuals in that company, um, was three million a year, and that's what he wanted. Now, he isn't going to get that from WWE. David, I think the WWE actually probably offered him more. I remember that was the original offer from Tony for a re-up on his one-year ascension was like three million. And according to the story, um, Cody wanted more closer to five million. And I stopped there and went, wait a minute, Cody? Uh, okay, granted, that's a two million difference, but is that five million guaranteed? Because you know how the WWE does these contracts, and eventually they'll let somebody go. Are you going to see all that five million dollars? Or would you rather take the three million dollars that's already on the table and in a company that you know you have a long-term employment because they're not going to cut you like by some whim yeah yeah I, I, yeah it's a weird one it really is now because it's the one of the things that's interesting about it and will make it watchable as i said earlier it's the first time it's gone the other way you've had all these superstars either being released or jumping ship from wwe to aw this is the first time it's gone the other way and to be fair aew it's one of the prominent figures for months when we when aw first started we said that how we would book cody and just have him perform in the big shows build build a few don't have him wrestle as often as he does but obviously you know there's reasons for that that we can pretty much work out um i cannot wait to see how wwe utilize him i've absolutely no doubt i'm going to be disappointed but it's still going to it's still going to pique my interest and let's hope they get it right exactly david i can see them slotting him right behind Roman and Brock, but there's no way on this planet you're going to put him over Roman Reigns. Do you know who I think would be a good first opponent for him? Drew. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a good starting point, yes. He goes over on a former world champion, recent times. Be a good way of pushing him. Okay, the second stunning question here, and we're talking about the flop from Elimination Chamber. So we have Brock Lesnar as one champion, we have Roman Reigns as the other champion, and it has been confirmed for WrestleMania that it's going to be title versus title. So, David, my question to you is, who wins and which title do you want to see go forward? Honestly, who, who wins, Brock? And I think they unify it. They've got to unify it and just have Roman could chase for a bit. But I think it's got to be Brock. Roman, where, where do you draw the line? See, I'm going to do the other side of this coin. I'm going to say it's going to be Roman Reigns and they're going to get rid of the Universal title and it's going to be the WWE title and he'll bounce between Raw and SmackDown both. Yeah. Because I feel like there's no way that um, Brock Lesnar is going to do like 300 dates a year 
like you would need somebody to be a one champion on two different shows because I mean you're going to talk about at least 300 dates or so. Okay. So I'm thinking it's going to be Roman and they're going to keep the WWE title because that makes sense because the company is WWE. Okay. Um, I don't think it matters what title they keep. They could rename it. However, have a think of this. I'm going old school here, Sean. In the days when the WWE whatever title the world every let's just call it the world heavyweight title for the uh, for the sake of you know um semantics here and it isn't defended as bloody often as it is so the title when it is defended actually means something a title match means something we get title matches all the time and you're pretty much we do it with the churchill cup you think about, oh, yeah, it's a shitty pay-per-view, it's a minor pay-per-view, so-and-so's going to retain. They're not going to change the title here. We both do that when we do predictions. Let's not have that. Let's have the title defended once every six weeks, once every eight weeks, once every three months, and make it worthwhile. I mean, I agree with you, David, but then you have Fox in the USA, and everyone's giving you the TV time and giving you the big money for those TV deals, so you know they're going to want a world <laughs> champion on the show. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, okay. I concede that point, and I, I, I you know, you, you're not wrong, but that's, you You asked the question, and that's what I would do. Make the world title mean, whatever title it is, however form, make it mean something again. Well, before the news came out about Bobby Lashley, I was thinking, hey, why don't you just do a New Japan-style situation where you have Bobby beat Roman on night one, and yeah. you can have Bobby either beat Brock yeah. or lose to Brock, and Brock could be the unified champion, or Bobby could be the unified champion, and give Roman some time off and bring him back around if you want to do a face run with him. But he's still such a great heel. I doubt they want to flip the switch yet. Yeah, yeah no, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense, but I can't see him doing it. Does it make sense? Okay, standing question number three. We're sliding over to progress because... About two weeks ago, mm. Ilya Dragunov broke down the Forbidden Door and came back to progress and stood right behind Karnawa. And my question to you is, David, we know there's probably little to no chance that Karo's going to beat Dragunov because it's underneath the WWE umbrella. But who should win and who should be the progress champion? Wow, a tough question. Good, tough question. Um, I watched it last night. I watched Technique last night. Um, that segment was magnificent. have to say it was magnificent. Really well done. You've got two hugely popular wrestlers. And when, obviously, they do meet, which it looks like it's hopefully going to be the 10th anniversary, it's going to be brilliant. It is going to be brilliant. Um, I honestly think they come up with a finish that keeps Cara um, on, on the title. I want to see Cara kick the title. I love Cara. Um but I would have no problem with Dragunov holding both belts as long as they've got a deal, you know. Bear in mind, Smallman um, is still involved with NXT UK for what it is. So he's going to be he's going to be pro, obviously. The, I don't, well, I'm presuming he's going to be pro this new version, which I'm now starting to get a little bit more behind. Um, the new version of ICW, not so good. Be interested to see how the square go goes coming up, because that's normally one of their best events. But the only thing is, I do not like the new ring announcer. I don't know about you, so I think Simon Miller is forced. But one thing they've announced, and you're going to have to take my word for this, okay, coming up, I think it's on the next show, which actually is recorded on the Sunday before this podcast comes out, they've announced that on the commentary team, a gentleman by the name of Mark Adams is joining the commentary team. Now, if you're a UK wrestling saddo 
like me, you will know that that is a former manager amongst many British Indies called Magic Mark Adams. He is fantastic on the mic and he will make a superb heel commentator, which is something that I think they need, you know, going forward. I do wish they'd get rid of Simon Miller. But, sorry, getting back to your normal point, enjoying progress at the moment. This puts a tin hat on everything, and I think Cara, somehow, however they do it, retains. Well, you know, coming to your Simon Miller question, I feel like the crowd still kind of enjoys him, but I think they're overusing him just a little bit, and I just wish they would keep his intermission segments just a little bit shorter and get to the matches faster, and I think that would help out because he does do a little get-into-his-own-business kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, but um, fair play. I've, I've been a big critic of progress, but I'm really enjoying them at the moment. Um, I love, absolutely love the Smoking Aces. Absolutely love the Smoking Aces. I think they're brilliant. Oh, geez. That was a great match they had against Michael Jim from that episode. And they're probably one of the best tag teams right now in the world. I mean, i really like to see them come here over to State side to see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I like Nick Riley. I've not seen much of Nick Riley, but yeah, I think that they're an excellent, excellent tag team. And obviously, you've got the addition of Gresham. So, the, the, the resurgence of Dean Olmark. Um, you know, where they've dragged that one out from, I've got to hold my hands up to whoever whoever has come up with the resurgence of Dean, you know, u- utilising Dean Olmark. Well, Hold my hand up. Really, really do. Enjoying his work at the moment. Well, David, since we're on this high here, why don't we go to stunning question number four, and I'm going to bring us down this a little bit. What were your thoughts coming out of the Elimination Chamber? It, 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 it wasn't the worst show in the world, but obviously it was affected by the Lashley incident. I was dis- I'm personally disappointed that Bianca Belair, you know I'm not a Bianca Belair fan. I'm not trying to wind you up. I'm not. Mate, I'm not. Believe it or not, I've actually missed you. And I'm not trying to wind you up, but you know I'm not a fan, so I don't like the gimmick. Her her winning was a bit of a dis- was a disappointment to me with all the talent that that could have won it. And I know you're obviously a happy bear with that, so you can have your say in a minute. Uh, it was okay, but obviously taking it to, to you know to where they did as well, it always it always lessens lessens the impact for me. I'm not a fan, you know. No, it was okay. It, it was punk perfunctory. Okay, let's start with the Women's Elimination Chamber match. Why in the world did you let Alexa Bliss debut back on this card yeah. and lose? And oh, by the way, take the pin in the match. Why not save her for like the Raw after the Elimination Chamber or maybe save her to the Raw before WrestleMania? Give her a chance to come back and have a win. But oh, hey, here's Alexa Bliss. Enjoy her for like a minute and a half and... She's inside a chamber. She gets out and she gets pinned. One, two, three, clean as a whistle. Yeah, I mean, but this is that was almost like AEW booking of, of debuts or returns. Um, you know, I don't, I, you know, this is going to make me sound so sexist and I don't want it to be, but I don't think the women should do the elimination chamber in the first place. I, I'm, I've not been a fan of, of some of AEW's bloody women matches. Um, and I mean bloody as in the amount of blood that's spilled. You know, I don't want to see the girls get injured. It was like, you know, the fact I wasn't a fan of Nia Jax, because quite simply, I don't want to see the girls get injured. You know, I want to see a Kaylee Ray. I want to see a Ginny. Um, I want to see a Charlotte, Becky Lynch, because they 
can wrestle. I don't want to see him doing ridiculous spots. And also, I want to see him book right. And that was no... Yeah, you're right. That was no way to bring back Alexa Bliss. Who has potential to be one of the bigger female stars. And that's not doing her any favours. Okay, I don't know if you've seen this yet or not. But Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cat Moss. There's a spot in that match where... They go for a kind of like reverse Alabama slam, and yeah, Madcat Moss lands it. right on top of his head. His head and yeah. I was like, how in the world did they let this match go on? They should literally just stop this match, have Drew win by knockout, so that way the guy doesn't go wrestle for another three or four minutes like he did. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, yeah, you've summed it up, um, and we know Drew's safe in the ring, so we know, you know, it's not about apportioning blame, because at the end of the day, it's about safety, but you know probably who's at fault with that. And it's kind of funny, because they go to great length to put Bobby Lashley underneath this um, concussion protocol later in the show, and I'm like going... Uh, guys, what about Mad Cat? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. if anybody should be under some kind of protocol, it yeah, should be absolutely. that guy. Absolutely, mate. I can't. I, I, yeah, yeah. Your argument is um, is succinct and to the point. It, it's yeah. I don't. You know, I don't know what you want me to say because I, I can only just agree with you. It looked horrible. It was horrible. I'm glad he's not permanently injured. And it just shows the dangers of, um, you know, the pastime that we love. And, yeah, and I think that's more down to his, let's put it politely, shall we say, lack of experience. Because, obviously, we know, you know, we know McIntyre's history. And, you know, it didn't look good at all. Well, another match that probably didn't look as well as it could be was Becky Lynch versus Lita. Now, (laughs) I enjoyed the match, okay? I did. I know some people thought it went way too long, and I kind of agree with them that it did go a little bit longer than they should. And there was a moment where I thought they got me. Lita hit the twist of fate, did the moonsault, and almost had to pin on Becky. And she does the twist of fate first, and she just stands there. And I'm like, you just hit your finishing move. Cover her. No, I'm going to go to the top. Here you got to come with my moonsault. And here comes Becky with a manhandle slam, one, two, three, and you just lost the title. You look like you're a dumb, dumb baby face. Yeah, I never thought for one minute. It never got me. Um, I thought it went way too long. They're trying to get... I mean, whatever my personal feelings towards um, this this young lady are, and if you listen to this podcast, you'll, you've got a bloody good idea of how I feel about the woman. She should have gone over strongly. I can't deny that. All wrestling logic... All booking logic in my head means, yeah, it's nice to bring Lita back for the um, Saudi audience. <laughs> but no, Becky should have gone over strong. He did go too long. Um, let Lita have a couple of bit of nostalgia spots. And then Becky beats her one, two, three in the middle of the ring and plays up. And she can play on, look, I beat a legend, you know, um, and, and make herself strong. Whether I like that or not personally is another matter. It's about booking logic. Well, talking about booking logic, stunning question number five. Coming out of the Elimination Chamber pre-show, The Miz lost to Rey Mysterio, and he was highly upset. He said he was outnumbered, so he's going to get on the phone. He's going to find him a well-qualified partner. Uh, wait a minute, you had one. His name was John Morrison, but okay. <laughs> my, my first thought, David, was, oh, my word. This is where they're going to put Cody in. They're going to go like, hey, Cody, we have a great idea. You're going to team with The Miz. I'm going to like. Yeah, okay. But the rumor is it's going to be Logan Paul be the partner of Miz, yep. and we're going to have Logan Paul and the Miz versus yep. the Mysterios at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yeah. Hopefully yep. that's a pre-show match. I don't think it matters what match he does, mate. I don't, don't, you know what they're like. It's WrestleMania. The celebrities will be in abundance. Logan Paul is, whether we like it or not, um, a name. 
He has name value. He has currency, if you like, in the fact that, you know, he's still... He's, he's, oh, Jesus. I, I tell you what, right, in all honesty, as we record here in the UK... We, I'm just going to go slightly off centre here. There was um, there was a boxing match that took place last night, big one for the UK um, that didn't need to happen, which was Kell Brook versus Amir Khan. Right? I'm a big fan. I used to be a big fan of Kell Brook. I'm never a fan of Amir Khan. He was overrated. Unfortunately, that shone through last night because Kell Brook leathered him. I would have loved to see Logan Paul in with Kell Brook last night because Kell Brook would have just murdered him. And this is a boxer past his prime. You know, it was just a money match because they'd always been rivals over. And finally, a British promoter put them together and made a few quid on pay-per-view in the UK last night. Um, I don't like Logan Paul. I don't like the way he does business. But, yeah, you could be, I, I don't doubt that that's what will happen for WrestleMania, and it'll be awful. Well, the only good thing is it saves Cody from being slid into that mid-card yes. level right yeah. from the start. Now, granted, down the road, once the shine comes off of Cody after he comes back to WWE, he's going to be in that upper mid-card to mid-card level here in a year yeah. and a half or two years. Yep. So. Well, as I say, we've already booked his first match. He feuds with Drew. It will be an ideal opportunity to get him some credence. He beats a former world champion of recent times and then they can give him a couple of title shots he gets beat then he can go back to the mid card okay the final stunning question of the week as we reported earlier in the show jim ross contract is coming up in this year but he wants to stay with aew so david what is the proper role for jim ross going forward in 2022 and years to come with aew right okay I, I think he comes off the commentary team. There's enough talent off of the commentary team um, has been proven. I'd like to see a revamped version of the Ross Report. Once a week, interviews, interviews with whoever, leading into the feuds, sit-down stuff, semi-kayfabe, so quasi-shoot, and... You know, he, he does his own show that's pre-recorded so you don't get any of the faux pas that he tends to come out with on live commentary at the moment. You know, he regularly features on Botchamania. So I think we do that. Obviously, Excalibur's the best commentator in the world ever because Meltzer's vote, Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer readers have voted him commentator of the year again, which is utterly ridiculous and you know they they you've got Shivani Excalibur got potential of Jericho becoming a commentator as he winds down I wouldn't mind that as long as Ty like Taz I'd see Taz on the main team all day long every week Taz I find hugely entertaining okay David I'd agree with you I feel like the new adaptation to the Ross report would be great oh hey by the way they do rankings in AEW and that's where you can put your rankings out each week it's like oh hey on yep. the roster report here's the top five in each division yep. and here's like the number one contender having a chance to sit down with Jim Ross talking about the upcoming title match coming down the road and that would be freaking great and I would rather have Taz instead of Jericho on commentary but the main team to me should be Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. Just have the two of them. But I know people like us in wrestling management likes three-man booths. So we can put Taz in there. But please, 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 no Jericho. Because he stays at 11 all the freaking time. Yeah, that, I did put the caveat on it that he needs to come down. But I think that would happen with regular commentary work. I think that, that, that he would naturally find his own volume and his own niche. But yeah, I take your point on that. And and with the Rush Report, you can have other little things. You can have him breaking down, say, have Punk on there, and they break down a match. 
you know, they look deeper into it, almost treat it like a sport instead of the entertainment side of it, you know, which is what they said they'd do at the start. This is an ideal opportunity to do so. Exactly, David. I love this idea that we come up with. You know, we should just type this up and just pass it over to Tony Khan's office and go like, oh, by the way, can you hire us? We're wasted, mate. Wasted. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to wrap up this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And, David, why don't you tell the lovely people what's coming up this week on Finland Youth Radio? Are we back? No, no, no. Unfortunately, um, I'm returning the week, first week in March, so there'll be no show this week. Um, in fact, two weeks, and then then we will be back just in time for WrestleMania season. Um, I've got to take some time off due to um, doctor's orders, basically. Long story short, sorry, I'm being a bit vague. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm having some rest from the radio station at the moment. But never fear, the podcast will carry on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us through 100 episodes yes. under this banner that is Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's kind of crazy to be at 100 episodes, but here we are, and here's to another 100 stunning episodes of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. So until next week, this is Stunning Sean alongside David the Smart Mark, wishing you a stunning rest of your week. Stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.